Well, for this morning's message, we're going to be looking at Proverbs chapter 22. Actually, just one verse in Proverbs chapter 22. Verse 15. Proverbs chapter 22, verse 15. Before we get started, let's pray. Father, we're grateful, we're thankful, we praise you for your grace. We're so needy, we're weak, we sin in so many ways, the things that we've done this week in in regard especially to parenting, how we fail constantly it seems like, we're proud We fear man, and we so often mislead our children by our conduct. So, Father, I ask that this morning you would, by your grace, teach us and admonish us, that you would work in our hearts and our minds, that we would truly reflect your image and walk according to grace and seek you and live in dependence upon you and follow you by the power of your Spirit. Amen. Well, so far we've looked at the necessity of parenting by the gospel and then also the necessity of addressing the issue of the heart within the gospel. We can't just look at behavior. We can't just look at uh, the outward things. We also understand that our children, from the heart come the issues of life and knowing that we have to direct our attention toward their heart and guide and shepherd and direct them at the level of the heart. But this morning we're going to be talking about the need to be both tender and tough in addressing our children in the issue of discipline in regard to how is it now we get into some, some of the details, some of the tangibles about addressing our children's behavior because it needs to be addressed and disciplining them within the context of the gospel. So in order for us to approach parenting with a proper mindset, we have to realize that parenting is not and I repeat, is not a reactive endeavor. It's proactive. You're not just there to respond and wait till things get to the point where you can't handle it anymore. We, you need to address issues before they come up and as they come up and be on your toes because if you're not prepared, equipped, and ready to act, your children are going to drive you crazy. Guaranteed. They are childish. They're full of energy. And they constantly push the limits. Constantly. And if you think for a moment that your children are going to comply and eagerly listen to you just because you say so or because you threaten them, you're living in a dream world. Sorry. It's not going to happen. But I'm sure you all know that by now. That just doesn't work. It doesn't happen. Why, wouldn't it be nice if they just listened to you? If you just had to tell them? Man, why does God do this to us? <laughs> Children require work. They require diligent discipline. And if you think you can sleep at the wheel, 
and simply throw up some prayers with a few threatenings here and there, you're in for a world of hurt. Because what does Proverbs 22.15 say? If you're there looking at it, this is what it says. Foolishness is bound up in the heart of a child. And the rod of discipline will drive it far from them. So if we believe what God is saying, what is bound up in our children's hearts? All of our hearts from birth. Foolishness. But what does that mean? Well, that from birth we're born naive, silly, and willing to do anything if it pleases us. Children are not fools in the sense of the what Proverbs, if you read through Proverbs, you'll find that the fool is a common character throughout. Children, and the foolishness here is not like the adult fool who's past receiving. The adult fool in Proverbs, it talks about you can beat them, beat them with a rod, and you can't beat sense into them. So the adult fool is a child who's had foolishness bound up in his heart and has failed to have it dealt with. And then you find this person who's an adult who is the absolute epitome of fool. And now it's almost, apart from the miraculous work of God crushing that person, there is no hope. So with foolishness, this foolishness that's bound up in a child's heart, the silliness, this willingness to do anything and, and just get involved, and they, like, they don't even understand boundaries until you get, give them to them. What does God say in regard to how this foolishness is removed? He says this is bound up in their heart, and how is it removed? The rod of correction or the rod of discipline. The rod here is in reference to an implement that they would have understood clearly. We're not exactly sure. In our day, we're like in rod. We're imagining, this is like a, what is this, a steel rod? What are they talking about here? Well, a rod in that day, or a staff, or, um, or a branch, is kind of the same Hebrew word. And in that culture, an agrarian culture, where you live on the farm, so to speak, and you have sheep and goats and cattle and such, this is just a common, common implement that they probably you know, would use it to walk with as well because it would use to be poke. It's typically a branch which tapers down to a finer end. And they would use it to hit, you know, probably to shoe the cattle and the goats and the sheep and so forth and poke them. And it's like everybody knew when they said rod, boom. Okay, we know exactly what you mean. All of us have one. But today we're like, what does it mean? What is rod? It's like, that doesn't sound good. Rods, I think, of are steel rods, right? <laughs> Whoa, it's serious. But a rod is a branch, or, uh, and it's a tapered branch that would have, had some, would have had some whip to it. And a very effective, very effective tool for, for correction. And it's important that we understand something here. When it comes to applying this verse, understanding what our children are like and what is the corrective, there's something that is required in us and in our hearts. If we are to parent in a way that's effective and apply this passage, we have really got to deal with our own hearts first. And there's something that we have got to understand before we even go forward with this because we will mess it up severely. And it's this, that we as parents have to be both tender and tough. And I'm going to explain what I mean by both of these. Tender 
and tough. That's the only way you're going to be able to apply this. As I guarantee you, we're more often than not in our flesh, you know what we are? We are tender when we ought to be tough, and we're tough when we ought to be tender. We mess it up completely. So let's begin and look at each of these in turn. And first of all, I want to understand, what does it mean to be tender? When I say the word tender. A tender heart is one that is not hardened by the deceitfulness of sin and a heart that isn't given over to anger, to bitterness, and general grumpiness. It's not crusty. You ever see a person and think, ooh, they're a little crusty. Well, the crustiness is really a crustiness of the heart. I mean, they're, that's why they're grumpy. But this doesn't, this doesn't mean, on the flip side, tender heart doesn't mean that they're soft, sweet, and nice, and talks with a whisper. You know, because there's certain personalities that can become, they appear very tender in their personalities, but they're, they're almost tender to a fault. They, they, they're just sweet and nice about everything. It's like when they shouldn't be. And so God isn't here, when he tells, talks about us and having a right attitude of the heart, it isn't something that is personality-based. This is something that can only be done by grace through the Spirit. Tenderness of the heart is something we can all possess. But it will only happen when we are properly applying the gospel to ourselves as parents. Parents, you have work to do right here if you ever think that you're going to parent properly. Your heart has got to be tender, and you've got to cultivate a tender heart toward your child. And what this means is that if you're not regularly confessing your sin, renewing your relationship with God, and being filled with the Spirit, good luck in trying to be tender. You've got to live in your under, own in the understanding of the gospel for yourself. Otherwise, you will, your heart will get crusty, your heart will get hard, and you will not treat and act, treat your children or act towards them in any appropriate manner. Those who are tender in their parenting are those who are quick to confess. They understand who they are in Christ, and they're constantly looking to God to fill them and give them what he requires of them before they do anything. If you don't want to be tender, then all you have to do is operate and function in your own strength. And then when you get into trouble, what you do is you throw the prayer up. You know the prayer, Lord, have mercy. You find yourself in trouble. It's that, you know, you're a great prayer warrior when you're in trouble. Lord, have mercy. I don't know what to do. I'm ready to pull my hair out. I'm going crazy. Well, you're out of control. And in that situation, you know, there's no way that the kind of a prayer like that, that you're going to find yourself with a heart that's in any state ready and prepared to do the task. What this ultimately means is that if you're unwilling to confess your sins to your children, to your spouse, to your friends, and you're unwilling to fix your mind on what God has done for you in Christ, and if you're unwilling to set your mind on the things of the Spirit and cultivate the the Spirit in your life and be filled with the Spirit, you won't be tender. It's not going to happen. In your flesh, you cannot be tender the way God requires you to be tender. You'll be harsh when you shouldn't be, and you'll be gentle when you shouldn't be. And you will have it all mixed up. 
you're going to struggle. I guarantee you, you'll struggle with anger. You'll struggle with constant frustration and a constant feeling of guilt and shame. That's where you'll live. And here's why. Because if you've done something, if you've said something that you're ashamed of, you're feeling guilty of, what do you want to do? Cover it up. You want to cover it up. The other thing you want to do is you want to justify your behavior, right? You want to make it all right. Because your only option after that is to confess it and take upon yourself the guilt and the shame and realize that you own it and say, oh, Lord, unless you cleanse me, unless you wash me, I won't be clean. And here's something we have to understand, something we spent some time this morning talking about that Steve referenced to, is this whole idea of confessing in order to humble our hearts and break our hearts. We really have to crucify our pride and our self-interest and self-protection and really be willing to confess our sins to one another so that we might be healed. I think so many of us, myself included, I'm as guilty as any of you, if we sin, we typically, what do we like, where do we like to confess it? To God. Because it's easy, isn't it? Have you confessed sin to others before? And how was that? Was that really delightful? No, that was humbling. That actually makes the heart contrite. That actually puts you in a place to receive grace and mercy from God. And here's something we need to, we need to get over and we really need to deal with. As parents, you and me, we mess up. And when we mess up, we need to fess up. Because what happens when we don't, and we just, if we're just simply and purely confessing to God, it really never really affects our hearts and humbles us. If you want a tender heart, if you want a heart that is, is sensitive to the things of God and is sensitive to your children in the appropriate, balanced way, you have to be filled with the Spirit. And you have to deal with sin. Can I encourage you parents to do something? You need someone that you need to be able to tell them that when you sin, you need to confess to them. You need someone to say, to talk to about the things that you've done. And if you sin against your children, you know what you need to do? You need to confess your sins to your children. And you know the good news? That will break your heart. That will deal with crustacean. That will deal with the issues that you so often find yourself dealing with frustration and anger and resentment and all these things, this guilt and the shame. You want to start dealing with it. You need to start confessing it, confessing it to your children, confess it to your spouse, confess it to your friends. Become a bold confessor who longs for God's mercy. Isaiah 57.15 says, For this is what the high and exalted one says, He who lives forever, whose name is holy, I live in a high and holy place, but also with the one who is contrite and lowly in spirit, to revive the spirit of the lowly and to revive the heart of the contrite. God gives grace to the humble, but he resists the proud. God loves to raise up broken people. 
God loves to fill broken vessels. God loves to run to the contrite, the humbled, but he resists and is far off from the proud. You want a tender heart? Confess your sin. Run to God. Receive his grace and walk according to the spirit. Now there's a second part to this. Being tender and being tough. What does it mean to be tough? Being tough is going to require that you believe God and are committed to his standard. His standard, not yours. And you're ready to do what his standard requires of you. It's going to mean being tough that you do what you do not want to do at times. It means that you no longer follow your desires and your passions and your whims. It means that you follow the word of God. Being tough means that you bring about discipline when you aren't motivated by anger. Isn't discipline easy when you're ripped? Isn't it? You get angry. Whew, where's the rod? Let's use it. How about being tough when there's no anger? Now, that requires the Spirit of God. This is why we mess it up all the time. Using the rod correctly is, is the part that requires toughness. As parents, we don't like to inflict pain on our children. I hope we don't. You don't, oh, let's make that person cry. You know, they were all happy and joyful and having fun, but I'm going to make them cry. Who wants to do that? Yay, no, nobody wants to. So this is why toughness requires that you do what you need to do, even though you don't want to do it. But God, God requires it knowing that this is what will produce the fruit in your children. So we're tempted to think, this is what happens. Because of our inability to be tough when God calls us to be tough, what we do, we're tempted to think we can deal with our child's foolishness by simply instructing them, warning them, threatening them or if we get to the point because it goes in this order we start yelling at them and by doing so we're our fools just like the child because we're not believing and trusting what God said God is the one who created the child he brought the, the judgment upon Adam for his sin and, and, and passed it down through his posterity Do you, let's understand something God knows the child and God knows what's best to dealing with it. Don't ever think that you know better than God. Don't ever think that the world knows better than God. Don't ever think that there's other ways or alternative methods. We must obey God. And this requires a toughness. A toughness and a resolve to say God's way, not my way. We must never act like we know better than God. Or come up with our own ways of dealing with our child's foolishness. You know what will happen? I will guarantee what will happen if you think you have ways better than God. You will be tender when you should be tough. And you'll be tough when you should be tender. You will mess the whole thing up. No questions asked. God clearly... And I want us to kind of, let's just get this into our mind. Think about what he's saying here. And think about what 
God calls us as parents to do and realize God has called us to be tough. And you want to see, improve this? Let's just, if you just hang out with Proverbs for a little bit, we're going to look at a few verses that, that show, wow, this requires some toughness. Proverbs 13, 24. 13, 24 says, whoever spares the rod hates their children. Now, that's pretty strong. But the one who loves their children is careful to discipline them. He's not talking about that you have no affections for them in your heart. He's talking about how you hate, you hate them because you're actually allowing that foolishness to grow up into adult foolishness. So it's long-term visionary you hate because you're going to bring destruction long-term. They're not talking about the affections you have for your child and your desire for them and your longing for them. He's, the hate he's referring to is this long-term. You project them because I'm telling you what will happen long-term if you do this. And if you know long-term that this would destroy your children and you do it, you have to hate them, right? That's what he, how he's arguing there. Proverbs chapter 20, verse 30 says... Blows and wounds, and different translations say different things. I got so used to the New King James, I had a hard time even reading this for a while. This is the ESV version. Blows and wounds scrub away evil. Interesting verb, scrub. (laughs) And beatings purge the inmost being. Well, maybe we should tone this down a little bit. This is, um, we don't want this to get out. Is this being recorded? <laughs> yeah. Again, wow, he's calling us to be tough, isn't he? Or how about Proverbs chapter 23, verse 14? Punish them with the rod and save them from death. Really? Whoa. Or in case it's unclear, Proverbs 29, 15. A rod and reprimand impart wisdom, but a child left undisciplined disgraces his mother. Now let's understand something. Believing this to be what God requires usually causes one of two things to happen. And it has nothing to do with a tender heart or biblical toughness. We will either, we hear this stuff, and you will either become, A, an abusive tyrant who goes, I have biblical warrant, and I'm going to beat the stew out of these kids if they do anything I do not like. And I have Bible verses to back it up. Or what we do is we... Tolerate disobedience, rebellion, foolishness, all kinds of issues until the point that we can no longer take it anymore. And then when we can no longer take it anymore, then we get on to whooping. And we start whooping because now we're motivated, now we have anger, now we're, just, now we're in a place where we're no longer, we're tough and we're ready to deal with it. And you know what's interesting? In both these cases, it's just, it's ugly and it's bad and it's not biblical tenderness nor biblical toughness. It's gross and it's abusive. As parents, we can't think, you know, I can't tell you how many times I've heard parents say, we've tried spanking and it doesn't work. Um, Either A, you're not spanking them the way the Bible talks about, because it would sting and it would hurt. 
or B, what you do is you let it go on and on and on until you can't take it anymore, and then look out, here comes the rod, and it's flying. Kids are running. Both those are scenarios and situations in which you will not have any progress. You're not going to deal with the foolishness in a child's heart. What this means is that we have to be tough. We have to be tough and tender at the same time because God's requirement is this. When we see disobedience and we see rebellion or we see them um, just completely going on doing their own thing without listening and we let that go, we are being tender when we should be tough. And I guarantee you, almost every parent I've seen like that who's very tender, they hit the blow point. And at the blow point, they can't take it anymore. Then they get tough, and it gets ugly. It's like, whoa, I'm, this is awkward. I'm uncomfortable. Um, and this is not good. No matter how you slice it, get me out of this room. This is ugly, right? So we have a major problem. God requires a tenderness and a toughness that is it cannot happen apart from the gospel working in a parent's heart. You have to be walking by the Spirit, longing for God, delighting in His ways, wanting to obey God rather than men. I want to please the Lord. I want to obey the Lord. What the Lord has called me to, that's what I do. That has to be in the heart, a desire to love and obey God. A humbleness. You have a compassion for your children, an understanding. Because you're a confessor of your own sins and you understand who you are. Your heart has been cultivated by the gospel. You receive God's grace and his mercy and his love. And you got a tender heart. And you love God, on the other hand, and it makes you tough when you should be tough. And apply the rod when it should be applied. Almost The majority of the time, we should be spanking and disciplining our children when we're not angry at all, they just simply disobeyed. And, and we also can turn into the kind of parents, if we're not careful to cultivate our heart and follow after God and obey him, that what we do is we find that, again, I've used this analogy before, where the, kid, the kid's just childish and full of energy. So what we can do is if the, kid, if the child is like this, we, we, if the child is, ends up doing something foolish or silly or goofy or they're just being a child, they're running around and they break something that we really like and it, it totally angers us, we're ready to come unglued and do, make some damage happen back to them, right? At the same time, the same parent They've asked the child, would you put on your shoe, go get your shoes and put your shoes on? And the child's running around the hallway just completely being disrespectful. Disobedient, did not listen. So the parent tells him three, four times, and then the voice gets raised. Next thing you know, uh-oh, here it comes. The parent's had enough. And this, this is an emotional parent who governs and parents by their passions and desires, not by the word of God. As parents, we need to understand that when you see a child, if you give a command to your child and your child does not obey that, that is called rebellion and disobedience. And if you are disciplining your child when they first disobey, I'll tell you what, most kids when they disobey at first, you are, um, you're anything but, you're not angry. You don't get angry at first. It's like, it usually takes 
Stop doing that. I already told you. How many times do I have to tell you? I told you. I'm going to count to three. If you don't stop doing that, and so we keep on piling up the warnings, the threatenings, and finally, we wait to get motivated. I'm motivated. Let's go. And so let's go. I'm ready to kill. And so we're doing everything we can to restrain ourselves just to not... Because we have a Bible verse. You beat that child and you know, deliver their soul from hell. And that's what I'm doing. Well... You're confusing the child. That's what you're doing. And you're de- demonstrating the grace of God. You're just, it's, it's ugly. You're, you're like, you're out of control. You're, in fact, you're the fool that should probably get a spanking. So as parents, we have to understand that this is a, this is a very difficult task we're called to. It, it will exhaust you, but you cannot be a parent who functions out of emotion and functions out of the desires or feeling like, I don't want to, or I'm just going to do what I feel like doing. We have to be parents who say, you know what? I need to be cultivating my own heart so that I'm tender appropriately, walking by the Spirit, and so that I'm tough as God's called me to be tough. And the only way I'm going to be tough is if I actually have a desire to obey God rather than man. If I love the Lord and I love his ways and I want to serve him and I want to disciple my children. And I, you know, what's going to happen? A person whose heart is cultivated and tender and they'll really be tough according to God's word, that person, they put their work boots on and their hard hat and some work gloves because you're going to work. It's a lot of work but you're doing it as unto the Lord in the fullness of the Spirit, not according to the flesh. Now, what do you do if you're a parent who's totally wrecked this whole thing and you've messed it up royally? Holy, I have not, uh, I'm, I'm not tender when I should be tender, and I'm tough when I shouldn't be tough, and I've got the whole thing messed up. I'm, I walk in the flesh. What should you do? I hope you heard. <laughs> Confess your sins. That's where you begin. Confess them. Receive the grace of God, the forgiveness in Jesus Christ. Set your mind on the things of the Spirit. Renew your mind on what God has called you to be and to do as a parent. And be renewed in what... And then, and then in the power of the Spirit, by faith, walk forward and obey. Do not be discouraged this morning if you're an absolute failure. Be encouraged because you're, you're this far away from doing it right. Repent. And you will be amazed at the fruit that God brings in your family. Amen. Father, we're so thankful and grateful that you are our God and we are your people. I thank you that you treat us as little children and you discipline and correct us and you are the most tender and amazing God and you are tough on us, tough on sin. And you do it perfectly. Father, I confess to you that we do not and you know it. Oh Lord, make us bold confessors. We'd run to the cross You'd find grace and help in our time of need, and you'd fill us with your spirit, that we'd be both tender and tough to the glory of your name. Amen.